Hey there, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're really glad you decided to join us for our study called Killing Me, Why Dying to Self is the Only Way to Truly Live. We think this series has the potential to change our lives. If you're looking for some more information about New River Church, good morning, New River. At New River Church. All right, so great to be here uh, this morning uh, with you to open up God's Word together. It's been a joy, actually, to get to know a lot of you even yesterday over, I think I had three breakfasts. How many breakfasts? <laughs> Two breakfasts uh, uh, together. So that was it, was, it was awesome. So I want to jump into God's Word with you. Um, so John chapter 10. So if you have a copy of God's Word, if you would head over to the, the Gospel of John. Uh, chapter 10, we're going to look at the first 18 verses in the Gospel of John. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. The best version is the, the one that you read. So whatever version you have, it's fine. Uh, John chapter 10, 1 to 18 will be our food this morning. Uh, let me read it for us and then we'll get to work. All right, John chapter 10, verse 1, truly, truly, this is Jesus speaking, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but like sheep, they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy but I have come that they may have life and life have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd, and for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I... I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. 
I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the reading of God's Word. Amen. 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 A late writer and counselor, David Paulson, passed away now, but uh, he would write uh, what's called anti-Psalms. <laughs> so, meaning, anti meaning opposite. And so he wrote an anti-Psalm for Psalm 23. Right? You guys all know Psalm 23 is a famous psalm, probably memorized it in Sunday school or something, right? Um, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He leads me down the green pastures. He's with me in the valley of the shadow of death, etc., etc. Well, this is the anti-psalm. This is the opposite of Psalm 23. Okay, this is not in the Bible, so <laughs> this is the opposite that uh, David Paulson wrote. So listen to, the, listen to the anti-psalm of Psalm 23. I am on my own. I experience a continual sense of need. Nothing's quite right. I'm always restless. I'm easily frustrated, often disappointed. It's a jungle. I feel overwhelmed. It's a desert. I'm thirsty. My soul feels broken, twisted, and stuck. I can't fix myself. I stumble down some dark paths. Still, I insist. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. But life's confusing. Why don't things ever really work out? I'm haunted by emptiness and futility, shadows of death. I fear the big hurt and the final loss. Death is waiting for me at the end of every road, but I'd rather not think about that. I spend my life protecting myself. Bad things can happen, and I find no lasting comfort and I'm alone, facing everything that could hurt me. Are my friends really friends? I can't trust anyone. No one has my back. No one is really for me except me. And I'm so much all about me, sometimes it's sickening. I belong to no one except myself. My cup is never quite full. I'm left empty. Disappointment follows me all the days of my life. Will I just be obliterated into nothingness? Will I be alone forever, homeless, free-falling into the void? It's a living death, and then I die. Thanks for coming this morning. Good night. No, um, <laughs> hey, listen, these are raw and real feelings. This, this is a person that is alone like a lost sheep without a shepherd. Did you, did you hear all the voices, all the voices that this person is hearing? Uh, did you hear disappointment, fear of being alone, emptiness, loneliness was mentioned, hurt, futility, loss, restlessness. And, and so often we are like that. We, we wander around aimlessly listening to all these voices that function like shepherds that rule our lives. So we can know Psalm 23, and you can memorize Psalm 23 and get up here and recite Psalm 23, but actually live like the anti-Psalm 23. It happens. This is what life is like without knowing and trusting and hearing the shepherd of our lives. So 
listen, New River, I don't want to live like the anti-Psalm 23. So how, how do we live lives where we can hear our good shepherd's voice that speaks louder and clearer and sweeter than all the other voices around us? That's what I want to talk about uh, this morning uh, with the Lord's help. So we're in a series called Killing Me. Uh, Pastor Doug has been uh, leading us uh, through why dying to self, and I love this, is the only way to live. Why dying to self is the only way to live. So the idea for this isn't for us to go, all right, I'm going to go work on dying to self. We are not going to work, we're not going to die to self by working on dying to self. Dying to self is a byproduct of being more alive to the living Christ and the abundant life that he provides. And when we are alive to him, we will die to self. And so part of that in this series uh, is to listen, to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. All right. uh, we looked at the potter and the clay a few weeks ago. God is God, we are not. And our response to that is surrender. And so today we're going to look at another image. Not, not potter and clay, but shepherd and sheep. Right. So all throughout the Old Testament, God uses this image to show us how he relates to us. Uh, he's the shepherd and we are the sheep. So all throughout, you could, you could read it. Psalm 23 is classic uh, where David, uh, the shepherd, talks about the Lord as the shepherd. Uh, when you get to Ezekiel and Jeremiah, uh, we find that the human shepherds have failed Israel. The sheep, uh, this is Ezekiel 34, you don't have to turn there uh, if you want to look it up later. Uh, the sheep were unfed, unprotected, sick, injured, lost, and scattered. And so God finally says in Ezekiel 34, listen, I'm going to shepherd them myself. <laughs> and I am going to send a descendant of David to save my sheep. And then centuries later, Jesus shows up in John chapter 10. Amen. Amen. And through all bad shepherds, or though there are bad shepherds around, in a, in a series of I am statements through the Gospel of John, says and declares, I am the good shepherd. Yes. Amen. And in our passage this morning, he's going to answer why he's the good shepherd. That we need. And why listening to his voice will quiet all the other voices uh, that we hear from false shepherds. So, my outline is pretty simple, so we're going to talk about the voices of false shepherds that we hear. Then we're going to look at the voice of the good shepherd that we need. And then lastly, how do we know that he's going to hear us, and how do we know that he wants to hear from us? How do we, how do we know for sure? And the text will tell us why that's true. So let's, let's look at the voices of the false shepherds that we hear, the voices of false shepherds that we hear. So we're jumping into John chapter 10, but these verses actually come out because from uh, John chapter 9, still, if you know the story, there was a blind beggar that was excommunicated out of the temple. He's cast off by his neighbors and his family. He ends up hanging out with Jesus, right? The false shepherds who were the Jewish religious leaders, right, just like Ezekiel 34 predicted, false shepherds, there are false shepherds, drove him out. See, shepherds, shepherds lead, right? Shepherds don't drive people. Right? Shepherds lead. And so instead of 
uh, leading him or caring for him, they drive him out in John chapter 9. And like the good shepherd, Jesus uh, saves his sheep completely. Right? So here he finds this once blind man, like a lost sheep, and he leads him out of Judaism and brings him to himself, the shepherd of the flock of God. Uh, by the way, if Jesus, the shepherd, has called you out of darkness, right? if there was ever a time where you heard his voice calling you out of religion and into relationship with him, if you have turned from your sin and have embraced Christ as your Savior, I can tell you right now, you've already heard the voice. You've already heard his voice. Right? Uh, not everybody in chapter 9 is happy about the shepherd showing up, especially the false teachers. So Jesus looks at them, and look what he says in verse 1. Truly, truly. So whenever he repeats something, uh, he's very, very serious. Truly, truly. He's just very emphatic here. There are thieves and robbers. Notice, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And then in verse 8, he says again, all who come before me are thieves and robbers. Verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, we love these, this verse, but notice it's not talking about Satan. Right? It's actually talking about the false shepherds. Now, does Satan steal, kill, and destroy? Yes, he does. And, and do we wrestle not with fle against flesh and blood? We, yeah, that's true. So is Satan behind it? Yes, that's true. But, but this verse directly is not talking about Satan. It's talking about those false shepherds. They are thieves and robbers. Uh, calls them strangers. Now, they would be familiar with all of this language. Um, the, 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 there will be the several families would keep their sheep together at night. It would be, a, imagine, a large enclosed courtyard. There would be one entrance door, and they would hire somebody, a porter or somebody, to watch it. In the morning, those who were authorized, like the shepherd, would enter through this gate. They would call and assemble their sheep, and then each sheep recognized his own master's voice. Right? Now, when you have time, get on YouTube and look up sheep. And uh, actually, like this, this is true. You could see examples. Uh, don't do it right now. But you could, you could actually hear uh, people, actual shepherds calling sheep and, and other people trying to call the same sheep. They don't respond. But when the shepherd comes and calls the sheep, they respond. So it, it, it's amazing, fascinating to actually watch that. Um, however, all right, if you were intended, if you were interested in stealing or wounding the sheep, you would avoid the gate, and you would climb in another way, and that's what Jesus is talking about, like over a wall. And even if they did get in, they could never get the sheep to follow them <laughs> because the sheep would only follow the voice of their own shepherd. And so the false shepherds never lead the sheep. They actually have to literally steal them because <laughs> the sheep wouldn't follow them otherwise. So Jesus is saying here in John 10, the good shepherd is here, the the Ezekiel 34 promised shepherd, the son of David, is here to do what the false shepherds could not do. Right? And of course, they don't understand what they're saying. It's like, tell me you're sheep without saying you're a sheep. <laughs> Verse 6, the figure of speech Jesus used with them, they did not understand what he was saying to them. Uh, so what do, what do we see here? First of all, we are sheep. 
Now, maybe you've seen this picture or you have this picture in your basement or in your parents' living room or in your living room. And, oh, it's so, so sweet, right? Look at it. Jesus is holding his, this lamb. He's looking down sweetly at it. It looks so cute, so adorable. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, it's so, yes. Is, it, is he a tender and loving shepherd? And does he gather his lambs? In, in his arms, Isaiah 40, yes, but we might be tempted to believe that being sheep in the Bible is a compliment. It, it's not. All right. You don't have to throw away your paintings or talk, you know, but you can keep it. But it's an insult. Okay. It's not a compliment. All we like sheep have gone astray, the Bible says. Uh, sheep are dumb. Uh, they, they need comprehensive care. Uh, continual oversight. See, a horse runs away, it becomes a wild horse. A sheep runs away, it's dead. Uh, it's gone. Uh, they can't get back home on their own. They're helpless against parasites and predators. You can't let the sheep out. They're foolish. They're defenseless. They got no fangs. They got no claws. They can't, out, they can't bite or outrun you. Right? So when the Bible is saying you're sheep, it's, it's telling us we need comprehensive care. It's a statement of our need for radical grace. We are so needy. And here Jesus actually says there's a, one good, there's a good, good quality about the sheep. They know their master's voice. But do we as a sheep? Secondly, there are false shepherds out there. Yes, they drive, want to drive us from the truth. There are false doctrines out there. There are false religions out there. I don't want to talk about that this morning. What I want to talk about actually are false shepherds, false voices that we might not realize are actually thieves and robbers and strangers that we are letting in. False voices that, that we are believing like in the anti-Psalm. Now I'm going to give you five here. Look at uh, the late Dutch author, Henry Nouwen. He says, there are five li lies of identity. I want to call them five voices. Five false voices. Look at them carefully here. I am what I have. I am my education. I am the stuff that I have. I am my relationships, my social media stories, my good looks, my health, etc. New River, if you are what you have, what are you when you don't have them anymore? Yeah. Number two. Here, I am what I do. I'll ask you the same question. If you are what you do, if your whole life is about your career, or what you bring to the table, what are you when you're not doing that anymore? Number three, I am what other people say or think about me. Maybe people like relatives or friends or have named you in the past. How many likes on that picture? <laughs> Sally said, what about me? <laughs> what? 
Who is she to say? Okay, we get five compliments and one criticism. What sticks? The criticism. Yep. Number four, I am nothing more than my worst moment. And some of us live in that shame. And we shame, self-shame constantly, constantly. That's what we live in that of our past. Number five, I am nothing less than my best moment. We, we are just constantly living and dreaming out of what happened in 1865 or whatever that was. So any of these, look at it for a moment, any of these resonate with you today? Uh, maybe all of them. Oh, these are voices. These are shepherds right there. False shepherds uh, shepherding your soul this morning. And so we're, we're constantly running around like sheep uh, to people, to social media, to career, to parents, to our kids, to ministry, to everywhere, everywhere. And we're saying, shepherd me. Tell me I am somebody. Give me an identity. But they can't. They're false shepherds. And forcing any of those people to do that will result in absolute... uh, They're going to steal, kill, and destroy you. False shepherds with false voices robbing us. And then that's how we live this defeated and hopeless life every single day. This is me. This is the me that... That needs to be killed. This is it right here. And this, loved ones, are all from the pit of hell. The enemy loves to, to use. This is the flesh that comes up and the world and the devil, the three enemies of our soul, that come and work together to steal, kill, and destroy us. And so, second thought then is we need the voice of the good shepherd. Second thought. We need the voice of the good shepherd. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. It literally reads like this. I am the shepherd, the good one. (laughs) See where the emphasis is? As opposed to the bad ones. The word good here, the excellent one in character, in work, and just one. Just one, the only one in this class. Jesus says, you are a sheep in need of comprehensive care. I am a comprehensive Savior. I am a comprehensive Savior that you need. Look at verses 3 and 4. Jesus says here, to him, the gatekeeper opens, the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice, call his own sheep by name, and lead them out. And when he has brought all, all of his own, he goes before them. He's the shepherd that goes before, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Listen, he's saying, Jesus, Jesus is saying, I am the kind of shepherd that names you. Did you see that? He calls his own sheep by name. Right? You, may have, you may have heard this, that the devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. But Jesus, the good shepherd, says, no, I know your sin, but I call you by name. Amen. And he leads you gently. Notice he goes before you, right? And he knows us intimately. Uh, you could, you know, circle all the word, times you see the word know. It is an intimate word. It's repeated throughout the Gospel of John. It talks about deep covenantal relationship. And the deepest relationship in the universe is God the Father with God the Son. 
It is, it is that intimate. And he says, that's us. That's how he wants to have that. He wants to have that kind of relationship. And using the word name, when he says, uh, he calls his own sheep by name, he's speaking into our identity. That's what he's speaking into. The, the Jesus, the shepherd, names us. A name in the Bible, it means status. It means significance. Remember Genesis 11, when they were building the Tower of Babel, they said, let us make a name for ourselves. Right next chapter, Genesis 12, God calls Abram, and he says, uh, that's not how it works. I will give you a name. Right? They were, let us make a name. God says, no, I will give you a name. Um, I love the movie Toy Story. There is a scene where uh, Woody tells Buzz Lightyear that he's just a toy, uh, a plaything, not a space hero. And Buzz is grief-stricken and disillusioned, and he hangs his head in resignation. And he says, I am just a stupid, little, insignificant toy. And Woody comes later, I think, I don't know if he feels bad, but he tries to comfort his friend by underscoring the love of the boy who owns them, both. He says, you must not be thinking clearly. Look over in that house. There's a kid who thinks you're the greatest, and it's not because you're a space ranger. It's because you're his. And then Buzz lifts his foot, and he sees a label affixed to the bottom of his little shoe, There in black, permanent ink, is the name of the little boy to whom he belongs, Andy. Seeing the image of his owner, Buzz breaks into a smile and takes on a new determination. Loved ones, we have something better than Andy's name on our foot with permanent marker. Not only has the God of the universe marked us as his, he knows us by name. And even better, our name is engraved on his hands and in his heart. Look down at verse 7 and 10. Jesus switches the metaphor because he's Jesus and he can do that. And he says he's the door out of Judaism. Right? He's now not just shepherd, he's also the door. And out of Judaism into God's flock, verses 7 Nine, he says the same thing. Notice the words, by me or through me, emphatic position again. It is he, no, none other that enables people to enter to his salvation. Right. Uh, similar, all of John. John 1.51, he says, I'm the ladder from earth to heaven. John 14.6, he says, I am the way to the Father. Right. And he says, I am the shepherd that you need. Look at verse 9. You have access, because I the gate. You have freedom. I am the door, enters by me. He will be saved and he will go in and out. There's freedom. There's safety as he brings you in. And you can go out and there's pasture. Find pasture, verse 9. That means satisfaction. See the opposite. The thief steals, kills, destroys. Jesus comes, verse 10, to give us life. That doesn't just mean existence. The word there is a kind of life. A kind of existence you never had. A new life in a fresh, unparalleled way. And then he says, abundantly, abundantly, I am going to give you your life meaning. Right? 
Remember we were running to those false lies? Jesus says, no, no, no. I want to give your life needing, uh, meaning in abundance, uh, that which goes way beyond necessity. Uh, knowing me, listening to my voice, is going to give you life beyond your wildest dreams. In 2021, when I was no longer pastoring, uh, this was a huge wake-up call, this idea of identity. As much, as I confess this to you this morning, as much as I preached identity in Christ, uh, my, a lot of my functional identity, the way I lived, was wrapped up in being a pastor. And so if a pastor is who I was, what am I now? And there is a stripped of everything in the darkness which felt like the valley of the shadow of death. Two hands grabbed me. And he said, stop running around. Here in my arms, you are mine. You are beloved. See, when I heard his voice say that, all other voices are quieted. That's the power of his voice. Right? Uh, Brendan Manning would say, define yourself as radic radic radically loved by God, he would say. Every other identity is an illusion. And Jesus says, I am the shepherd that you need. I am the shepherd who intimately knows you. Right? You know what that means? That means, listen, I know your personal sheepness. Right? Pastor Doug talked about clayness, right? That's not a word. Sheepness. Right? <laughs> not a word, right? Um, he knows your personal sheepness. In other words, uh, and go, through, go back to the Gospel of John and look at the Gospel of John as Jesus the shepherd. It's kind of fascinating. He goes in John, John chapter 1, he, he finds Nathaniel. I know your personal sheepness. I saw you under the fig tree. But then in Nicodemus, to Nicodemus in chapter 3, he says, yeah, I know you, your sheepness, you need to be born again. But then John chapter 4, religious man, irreligious woman, I know your sheepness too, woman at the well, I know all the men you've had. See, Jesus comes to you and me, as one pastor says, I've seen all your stupid moves, every one of them, I've seen how insecure uh, underneath all that swagger and bravado and how dependent a sheep you are. Uh, I've seen every dumb thing you've ever done. I see in your heart right now all the dumb things you haven't even done yet. I see everything about you. I see you to the bottom of your heart. I know you. I know your sheepness. And guess what? I'm still your shepherd. So would you hear him calling you this morning? And how do you hear his voice? Right? How, how does this work? Maybe you're like, ah, how do I hear him call, speak into my heart like that? Well, I would tell you first, he speaks primarily through his word. And he speaks primarily through his people. Speaking of which, are you in a life group yet? If that's true. God's not speaking to me. Okay, okay, maybe. I mean, you got to get the word, got to get around God's people, and you got somebody in this season to journey with you as a discipleship partner. Right? 
Shameless plug, right, for that. Um, if, if you keep exposing yourself to these two means of grace, God's word, God's people, you'll be sure to hear him in time. I can't, I can't tell you how many times God has spoken through his word and in community when someone shares a verse or someone prays for me exactly what I needed to hear. God speaks that way. And that's helpful too if, you don't, if you're like, I don't know how to pray. First thing you do is hang out with some great prayers. <laughs> People who know how to pray, hang out with them. They'll rub off on you. And then if you're like, I don't know how to, on my own, how do I talk to them? Well, start with the Psalms. That's a great way. It's a praise and prayer book. Pray the Psalms back to God. But he also speaks to you, speaks to your heart personally. Right? He can speak audibly. But he loves to speak to your heart. He's a personal shepherd who is aware of your personal sheepness. And so if you don't know where to start with that and you're, you're like, oh, does that, is that really true? Find some time away from some distractions. Plant your feet. Bow your head and ask this question. Lord, what do you want me to know, not what you want me to do, which is okay to ask, but start with that because we need to hear him speak into our identity. See, what we do comes out of who we are. And if we're living out of those lies, he's got to speak there, right? And so what do you want me to know about me, about how you see me, about you in this season, what I'm str- what, about this hurt that I am experiencing right now, about my marriage, about my kids, about my singleness. And then just listen. Uh, see what impressions he gives you. Maybe a verse, maybe a word, maybe a phrase, maybe an image, maybe a song. Now listen, do not overthink it. Do not overanalyze it. Right? He will never contradict his word. So if you're worrying, is that from the Lord or what is that? Go back to his word. Does it, contra- it will never contradict his word. And if you don't hear anything, that's okay. <laughs> he knows your sheepness. <laughs> See, we don't put God in a box, right? But listen, he doesn't put you in a box either. He knows how to reach you, your sheep- personal sheepness. So the only thing you got to do, keep showing up. Keep showing up. Uh, When my girls were little, uh, they would jump into my arms. Can't really do that anymore. But, um, and listen, I was never upset. When they jumped into my arms, I was never upset when they got distracted and looking at whatever else is around them. I was never upset when they talked about random things. I was never upset even when they fell asleep. I was just glad they were in my arms. So, how much great, me being an evil father, Jesus would say, right? You being evil father, how much more your shepherd father would just love that you're just showing up and he will speak to you. All right, so, but but listen, okay, lastly, how do I know I'm going to, that he hears us, right? How, how do we know the shepherd will hear us? There are a lot of false voices. I get that. 
I want to hear his voice, but you know me, me I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys, right? I've done some bad stuff. I've been a pretty bad sheep. I haven't had a good week, right? I'm not good at this. All right, he knows me, but how do I know he, how do I, I can guarantee you, I can, I can tell you that he will speak to you, he will hear you as well. Jesus is not just telling you about his shepherding heart. In here as well, he says, no, 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 I'm not just trying to talk the talk, I'm going to tell you that how I walk the walk. I'm going to show you how my action, through my actions, how committed I am to guarantee that I am for you and you will hear me. And look at verses 11 13. He tells you how. Uh, he talks about the hired hand, verses 11 to 13. I am the good shepherd, but he says, verse 12. Uh, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Uh, this is the guy that was hired to watch the sheep. His interest is not in the sheep, right? His interest is in the money. And so when the wolf comes, he's like, uh, see ya. He bails. And Jesus says, when the wolves come, the people who are in for the money, they run. But he says, listen, I'm the good shepherd who instead of running away from the wolves, he runs into them. See the word for in verse 15. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay my life, I lay down my life, for the sheep. That word is, could be translated in, in place of. I am the shepherd who becomes a sacrificial lamb. I am the shepherd that when the wolf comes, I would rather lose everything, even give up the whole universe, rather than to see my sheep perish. And New River, that is what happened. Isaiah 53 says, as a sheep was led to the slaughter, Jesus was treated like a thief and a robber. Psalm 22 says, prophetically about Jesus, the dogs are around me, he, would, he says. See, the lamb of God would die for his lambs. Uh, the, the wolves came around him. Uh, uh, there's something else that happened on the cross. And I'll close with this. At, at, at Christ's baptism, heaven would open, the Father would spill his father heart out upon his own beloved son. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Right. He heard his father's voice. And that was a blessing. That's called a benediction. That's what blessing, the benediction means blessing. But what happens on the cross? God lays on him all of our sin, including all the times that we try to shepherd our own lives. All the times I've run into false shepherds trying to shepherd me, away from him. And at that moment, New River, God the Father turns his face away from his son. He turns off all creation, and it becomes pitch black at noon. Jesus does not get the benediction that he deserved. He gets the opposite. Opposite of benediction is malediction, which is the curse word. Jesus gets the malediction that we deserve. So this morning, when you are in Christ, you get the benediction. 
You get the Father heart of God spilling out over you. He's not going to turn his face from you because he already did it on the cross for your sin and my sin. So now when I turn my face to him, though I'm a sheep, he turns his face towards me. Numbers, the numbers benediction, right? It turns his face towards you and shines upon you. Yes, there might be dark days, but if you are in Christ, he will never turn his face from you because of the gospel. And then three days later, Jesus rises again as the great shepherd of the sheep. He goes through Psalm 22 as his reality so that Psalm 23 and John 10 could be our reality. So listen, it's not just talk. He really is the good shepherd that we need. He went to the cross to prove it. And so this morning, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a great story my professors uh, shared with me when I was in seminaries. Marianne Bird shares a little short story uh, called The Whisper Test. She says, uh, I knew I was different growing up. I hated it. She was born with a cleft palate. And she says, when I started school, my classmates made it clear to me how it looked to others. A girl, a little girl with a misshapen lip, a crooked nose, lopsided teeth, garbled speech. And Marianne says, I would lie and tell people I fell when her classmates asked her what happened to her lip. Uh, because an accident sounds better than the, that the fact that she was born differently. And she says, I was convinced nobody in my family, besides my family, would love me. But he says, however, in second grade, there was a teacher, Mrs. Leonard by name. She was short, round, and happy, a sparkling lady. And every year there was, an, there was a hearing test. And Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everybody in the class. And finally, it was my turn, she says. I knew from past years as we stood against the door and covered one year, the teacher sitting at her desk would whisper something. And we had to repeat it back. Like, the sky is blue. Or do you have new shoes? And she says, I waited there for those words that God must have put in her mouth, those seven words that changed my life. Mrs. Leonard said in her whisper, I wish you were my little girl. Listen, love speaks, the good shepherd whispers, I choose you, my beloved. Despite our misshapen spirit, our crooked hearts, our lopsided souls, our personal sheepness, our shepherd would come to you and would cup your face in love, and he would still say this morning, I choose you, my beloved. I choose you. I pray the Spirit of God would help us this to hear his voice over all the others. Uh, worship team, come on up and let's, let's pray together. Let's pray this, this morning. The altar is open if you want to come and pray. Uh, let's pause for a moment as we have a few minutes here just to bow our hearts. Great Shepherd, what do you want me to know? Would you pray that? What do you want me to know about you, about me? My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. So this morning, 
to quiet all the false voices. We don't need to focus on those false voices this morning. Would you hear his voice? Lord, what do you want me to know? shepherd speak to your sheep a true and better Mrs. Leonard would you speak into our crooked heart our misshapen spirits our lopsided souls our sheepness There's only love left in your heart. There's only benediction left in your heart. So spill that over your people. Spill it over, Father, upon your people. Spirit of God, do that. None of us can do that. Be our shepherd. We are sheep, Lord. We need your comprehensive care. Keep showing up. That's how self dies. That's how we continue to grow. Continue to be like Jesus and on mission with him. Lord, help us do that, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that about wraps it up for today. We're really glad that you joined us. We pray that this message blessed you. If you're looking for some more information, you can check out the resources page at newriverchurch.org and you'll find the journal for this entire series. God bless you. Have an awesome day.